Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Alex Stump covers the Pirates for DK Pittsburgh Sports. He joins me right now on 93.7 The Fan. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing well. And hey, you know, it's not too late. We could talk some Duquesne basketball if you'd, if you'd rather. That's right. You used to cover Duquesne, didn't you? I used to many moons ago. Ah, see, yeah, we could do that. Piss some people off, but that's okay. We'll talk baseball first. Starling Marte trade. Some of the people. <laughs> that's why you're my man. Um, Starling Marte trade. We know the prospects that come back. Brennan Malone, also shortstop Leo Verpigero. We just heard a soundbite during the update. Apparently, some people think that the Pirates should have gotten more in that return. The first thing I want to ask you, first off. Did you think the Pirates actually got a good return in this? And second off, what are your impressions on the two guys? I think they got a fair return. I don't want to say, you know, necessarily good or bad right now, but looking at the value of those two prospects, how often, you know, a right-hander like Malone pans out, how often uh, someone with Pagaro's projections pan out, it's a pretty – fair trade at the moment. It's really going to rely on the player development, which is something that they really struggled, especially those last couple years of the Neil Huntington era. But, you know, Ben Charrington, he had a great uh, player development record in Boston. That's whatever they were producing. Uh, Devers and Betts and Benintendi. Like, if these are two high-quality players or high-quality prospects right now, these are two really good guys, top 10 in a very loaded uh, farm system at the moment. If they pan out, this will turn out really good. If they don't, at least this is a departure from what we saw with Neil Huntington, where he would trade someone like Garrett Cole for major league ready talent that was had lower ceilings, and that really didn't work out. This is two boomer bust prospects. It's different. I don't want to necessarily say that it's the best trade that he could have possibly gotten, but it's it's definitely intriguing. I, I understand there's going to be a lot of hate whenever you trade someone like Starling Marte, who was you know very popular. He was a name in the city, but it's not a bad trade in my eyes. Now, I, I, we, we asked that question with the caveat that it seemed like a year ago when the discussion of Starling Marte being traded was put out there, people were wondering why you would want to or why he was even still here or why they hadn't done it already because apparently he had no trade value. So apparently this past year changed some people's perceptions or at least – Maybe he just played better than he was expected to. I mean, it, it also helps that he was by far the best center fielder, center fielder on the market, either free agency or in trade. And, you know, while someone like the Mets ended up cheaping out with a Jake Marisnik, you know, the Diamondbacks are serious about getting back into the playoffs. They weren't that far away last year. And you know what? They've got two really good Martes on that team now, so maybe they'll get back in. Alex Stump covers the Pirates. The market for... changed, I think, is the big thing. Alex Stump covers the Pirates for DKPittsburghSports.com. Joins me right now on 93.7 The Fan. Um, you talked about the high boomer bust you know, potential for these two guys. And I'm glad you kind of went deeper into the details with Ben Charrington because I've, I brought this up a lot because when I bring up the guys in Boston, and usually I say any guy whose last name is a B, odds are Ben Charrington has something to do with it because the Bradleys, the – 
the Betts, the Benintendis, all those guys. Um, I know I'm forgetting one or two B players and Xander Bogarts. The list goes on. But the case I've been making this entire time is that it was the smarter thing, at least for me, to try to collect as much talent as possible because that's what Ben Charrington has done in Boston. That's what he did in Toronto in trying to rebuild those minor league systems. But just how quickly could this team rebuild the minor league system while at least trying to still put some kind of major league quality team on the field in, say, two years? You know, it's it's a weird situation because if you look at a team like the Marlins, for example, whenever they got their new leadership, they put in their new general manager, he came in knowing that he had Marcel Zuna, Christian Yelich, and John Carlos Stanton to trade. Hmm. Right, Those were three guys who were, A, really, really good, and B, were coming off of really strong years. If you look at the team that the Pirates have right now, assuming, you know, Reynolds, Newman, and Keller are off the tables because you would need, you know, a massive return to trade one of those two. Like we're talking top five prospect in baseball and then some. You look at someone like Chris Archer, who would be, you know, someone who would make sense to trade if you were rebuilding because two years left on his contract, affordable deal in general. But he had a really bad year and he was injured. So it almost makes more sense to, you know, invest in catcher defense, which they have done so far, they're giving Jacob Stallings and Luke Bailey, it looks like the two uh, backup catcher jobs, or the two catcher jobs at the moment. Now really build them up and try to see if you could get the best out of Chris Archer. So whenever it comes around the trade deadline, you are trading a different Chris Archer, someone with higher value. So rebuilding the farm system can coincide with making the team you know, better for this year. I think 2021 is going to be a fairly ugly year of Pirates baseball, if I'm reading the tea leaves right, because this year it's going to be rebuild player value, get the most out of our pitchers, and whenever they are high value, if they are not you know, actually competing for a playoff spot come July, then you start trading off some of these guys, whatever their values are much higher than they are now, which will help the farm system, but it would definitely make the product in Pittsburgh worse for the next couple of years. So when you say trade guys off, Alex, assuming that uh, next year is indeed worse than this year, that means I'm, we're talking guys like Gregory Polanco, obviously Chris Archer, whom you mentioned. Who are other guys? I guess jo- is Josh Bell on that list? Does it start with those three guys, or are there more? I think Josh Bell would have to be on this list if you are committing to a rebuild, which he hasn't actually said the word rebuild yet, but if you look at everything that's gone on, it really does look like these are the first steps of a rebuild. But, yeah, you look at guys like that, someone like Joe Musgrove, who has such filthy stuff. If he could you know, put it all together, not saying that they'll trade him at the trade deadline, but maybe this offseason with two years of team control left, he would be someone who would be definitely interested. People would be interested in it. We heard some whispers about Adam Frazier uh, this offseason, who baseball savants uh, rated as the best defensive second baseman in the game. Wow. And, you know, if he could, you know, if he could be more consistent with the play at the play, he would be a really, really good player and a really, really good trade chip. You know, someone like Trevor Williams, does he bounce back? There are a lot of players on this team that if something happens in 2020, if it all comes together with the new coaching, they don't have to blow it up in July or even the off season. But if it doesn't, there will be some really appealing players up for trades, I believe. Alex Stump covers the Pirates for DKPittsburghSports.com. 
Alex, let, let's let's go with that scenario that you're talking about. Let's say that does happen where they, they move some of these guys that are more established out of here. That raises opportunities for guys like the Cabrian Hayes of the world, the Will Craigs, the Mitch Kellers. But is it just that group or are there other guys that stand to benefit from it as far as getting opportunities with the big league club and getting opportunities to take their lumps, so to speak? I think Will Craig's a, a different class than Cabrian, I think, because Cabrian, he's going to be in the major leagues at some point this year. Something mm-hmm. would have to go drastically wrong for him not to make his major league debut. Where if you look at someone like Will Craig, he's blocked by Josh Bell. He really doesn't profile well in the outfield. and He used to play third base. Well, that's going to be taken by Cabrian and then presumably Colin Moran as the backup. There are going to be some itch, some situations. I don't know if Will Craig is going to be a real major leaguer, but if they do undergo this, this, this type of rebuild, he is the type of guy who would benefit. Someone like Alameus, you know, maybe middle infielder doesn't know where he's going to go. Or actually, the better example would be Cole Tucker, because right now Kevin Newman came off that great year. Adam Frazier, I just said, is, you know, a really attractive trade piece, and he's definitely going to start. He doesn't have a position at the moment. Hmm. So rebuilding would give some of these younger guys a chance. Now, with that said, as far as everything, at least the outlook that you've painted so far, Ben Charrington says that they're still looking for a center fielder. Now, with that said, you already talked about how Starling Marte was the top of the center field market, at least at the time of the trade. Who else is out there that becomes even a suitable addition to this team at this point that's available? Uh, Kevin Pillar is probably the best free agent at the moment. I mean, he's not as – the glove is a lot flashier than it is good. I mean, he's still a good defensive center fielder, but you see him make some of these catches. It's like, oh, my goodness, this guy's the best. But I think he would really benefit coming to Pittsburgh, at least defensively, because he was really good uh, throughout all of his careers, but especially last year, it going to uh, left center, which is really, really important at PNC Park. So I think that'll be good. Uh, but also, you have to look internally. I think Brian Reynolds is someone who could handle the center field as an everyday player. He was bounced around all across the outfield last year. Uh, only player in baseball to make 25 starts at all three outfield positions. And it's a case of where well is he, what is he best suited for? And I think his skill set might be best in center field. He's fast enough for the position. He, he has to you know lay out to make some of these you know, gap catches, but he says he likes to dive, so go for it. It's going to be an interesting situation. I don't know how the Pirates can go into spring training without bringing in another guy, even if it is a non-roster invitee, to deepen it. And ideally, that person would probably play center field. But they definitely have the money now to sign someone like a Kevin Pillar, even if it is just for a one- or two-year deal, put him in center field, maybe look at a Domingo Santana, uh, a Leonis Martin. There are options for them still this late into the offseason. I want to go around the league here for a second because there was a story that I saw today that caught my attention. Apparently the Cubs and Chris Bryant had a hearing about Chris Bryant's field service time and was trying to get his field service time at least increased so he he could become a, a free agent after this season. That did not go in his favor, so he won't be a free agent until after 2021. But if you go through the layers of this story, 
if you go back to even when Chris Bryant was first called up and his agent, Scott Boris, wanted it way back then, this is one of those situations that you look around baseball and you're going, wait a minute, these things are happening in places other than Pittsburgh? And the answer is yes. Yeah, it's happening all over. And this, I think the Chris Bryant case is a pretty big landmark because it's something different. Like Brian Reynolds last year was called up a little after uh, that deadline for the one extra year of control. So Brian Reynolds technically has six more full years of control rather than five. But there is no malice whenever they called up Brian Reynolds. They mm. called him up because Starling Marte got hurt. He was only in AAA a couple games. There, there was no malice there. That was just the way that it happened. He hit well enough, and he didn't go back to the minor leagues. Right. Simple as that. Chris Bryant was ready to be a major leaguer opening day 2015, and the Cubs kept him down there artificially to, quote-unquote, work on defense. You know, for you know, he, you really need to work on defense for two weeks, and then you'll be, you know, called up. It that was garbage, and it's happening all across the league. Whether it's keeping guys down there for those extra couple of days to get the extra year of uh, team control, or keeping them down there, you know, in May, so you know they can call them up in June, and that extra year will only be uh, pre-arb rather than an arbitration year. There are a lot of instances. This is just the latest instance of Rob Manfred's Major League Baseball going against the player, whether it's slashing minor league salaries and lobbying Congress to do that, whether it's threatening to contract 42 teams. This is just the latest in a long list of grievances that that the players union is going to have whenever the two sides try to uh, settle a new labor agreement in a couple years. Alex Stump, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Alex, we appreciate the time. Talk to you soon.